If you're strong, you can fly. You can reach the other side of the podcast. It's alright, sit and chill. There's an hour left to fill, and we gotta go fast. That's what so makes sense. GHC, GHC, GH, say your nuts and train no drinkers. GHC. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to your weekly dose of the GHZ podcast. We are so happy you're here. Knock, knock, it's Nathan, one of your hosts. <laughs> That's not on the approved script. Hello, I'm Josh. I did the theme song again. You just can't stop me doing it. The GHZ or GHZ, if you like, and I do, uh, or the Green Hill Zone even. Uh, it's a Sonic the Hedgehog podcast, the Blue Blur himself. And I'm Grant. I'm another one of your hosts. And uh, yeah, that's what we do here. We talk about Sonic. We get together once a week and we talk about Sonic-related things. Is that is that okay with you? You got a problem with that? <laughs> you want to fight about it? Tell him. Yeah, well, you can you can email us, I guess, ggpodcast at gmail.com. And I'm Lee, the podcast mascot. The other thing you can do is you can like, you can subscribe, you can join our lovely new Discord server. Mm-hmm. All the details are in the episode description below, or above, or to the side, wherever it is, what we do. whatever service you might, you're using. You might be laying down, you know, it could be at a different angle. We don't know. We don't yeah, like we to don't judge. Know. We're not judging you. We're all doing this laying down in our individual beds with our uh, laying on our stomach with our feet kicked up, holding the uh, microphone and stuff to our ear, Sounds looking good. at a big poster of Sonic above our beds. That's how I mean, I assume that's yeah. how we're all doing it. We're spread across the world. I like Grant, his uh, eyes on me. Grant, Grant, I've got a problem. I've got a problem, yeah. Grant. Um, What's that? I'm, I'm lonely. I mean, I like you guys, but it's always just the four of us. I wish we had a new friend, <gasps> a new friend around <laughs> all right sesame street jesus christ <laughs> we're getting, we're getting what, a, what a well what lee what luck you're in today because we have uh, a, a new friend joining us a very special guest uh whoa who's that at the door oh my uh, gosh it is our friend you may know him as uh one of the screenwriters of the sonic the hedgehog movie and the upcoming sonic the hedgehog 2 movie it's pat casey ladies and gentlemen pat casey everybody hey, hey. Oh, hey guys Thanks for uh, thanks for spending some time with us here in the magical GHC today. Yeah, thanks for coming, ah, mate. Lovely to we're be all, here. We're all big fans of uh, of your work, at least on the Sonic movie. I'm a also a fan of your work on uh, Golden <laughs> the Insatiable. Sorry, that sounded uh, really fucking backhanded. I didn't mean like that. I just meant like, oh, forget it. I fucked it up. I fucked up big time. Really all right, early. I am out of here. What a shit interviewer. I know. No, it is lovely to have you, mate. And no, we all are big fans. I've seen the movie about 12 fucking times myself. I can't get enough of wow. it. So. Oh, that's yeah. good. Yeah. I think it's good. Yeah, pump up those numbers. Is that I'm more gonna. times than you've seen it, Pat? Um, I know, probably around there. I mean, I actually, I did see it in the theaters like a bunch of times. Oh, no. I bumped because... into you on uh, opening day. My wife and I, we went to go see it as a Valentine's Day treat. And then who should be there but uh, Pat and your and your co-writer. And uh, I forget if anybody else from the production was there. Uh, no, I think it was but, just uh, the two of us. Uh, it was just you guys. But you guys yeah. were like popping into theaters, right? Doing like Q&As, impromptu Q&As. Yeah. And we did a few of those, like the, um, 
like the night before that, but we were with uh, Jeff Fowler, the director, and Ben Schwartz popping in, which was like, we definitely got a way bigger reaction popping into a, the theater with uh, Ben Schwartz, like right as the movie <laughs> ends, than, than it would than when it's just the two writers that no one really got that excited about. <laughs> people, people were going nuts for Ben, which was a lot of fun. We ended up popping into a number of theaters where there were people like dressed up in full costume and everything. That, that was a good oh night. Wow. But then I, yeah, I went and saw it again, like with a bunch of my friends, like later that weekend. And then they were, they, it was in one of those theaters where it plays in like, you know, 3D X or whatever with like shaky chairs and it like, you know, blows wind in your face and stuff. And I was like, oh, I gotta go, I gotta go see it like that. So I went and saw it like that too. So it's like, I know for some people, you know, the Sonic movie was the last movie they saw before everything shut down. Yep. Yeah. And for me, it was like yep. the last like six movies I saw before everything shut down. So I did. <laughs> <laughs> How much Which is, is that kind of a ridiculous were... thing to do, but you know, it's like you don't have a, a, a hit movie in the theaters all that often. So I wanted to just soak it up. Yeah. yeah. Now, now it's going to become a regular occurrence now that the Sonic franchise is just getting going. We're gonna we're gonna absolutely uh, squeeze you for all the Sonic movie two details, but not yet. Was that uh, something that you were anticipating and looking forward to, guys? Obviously, like the Sonic fan base is pretty uh, uh, large and well known, right across the internet. I mean, there was obviously like the big fan reaction to the initial trailer, but uh, going out and seeing people in costumes and stuff was that something that you sort of anticipated seeing it? Sort of like how people dress up for Marvel movies. Was that a surprise, or was that something that you were kind of looking forward to? That was, I mean, that was a surprise. I mean, like when this movie was first announced, I mean, before I even went on it, I mean, like once we were sort of circling the project and trying to get this job and then, you know, I went on to be like, see what the fans were saying about the movie. And it was just like, there was so much uh, fan pessimism about the project, even before our disastrous poster or trailer. It just seemed like I was like, oh, I bet these fans will be excited. They're making a Sonic movie. And everyone's like, this is going to be the worst movie of all time. I was like, oh, <laughs> give, give us a chance, guys. So I was honestly like even going into opening weekend, I still was just like, I don't know. Is this going to work? Are people going to like this? Are all the fans going to hate us? So then I was very pleased when um, when people got on board and enjoyed the movie. But I was definitely very nervous about it. Very nervous. Yeah, I bet, man. I mean, that's some um, some big shoes to fill, I guess. If a character's been around for nearly 30 years, it's had so many different incarnations, and it's so... The fan base is very precious, aren't they, about it, you know, and everyone's got their own idea about what they want from it, so... Uh... Yeah, the I mean, that was one hard. thing I was going to ask you guys, because you guys have okay. all been super fans going way Me back. Too. Like, back <clears> when you were hanging out on the original GHZ board or wherever you guys all all became this tight-knit unit of Sonic super fans. Like, <laughs> did you ever think about what a Sonic movie should or could be at that point? Like, what if I'd asked, you know, you as teenagers, like, what should the Sonic movie be? Like, did you have a plan for that already? Great question. Oh, we talked about it a little bit in one of the other pods, I think, as well. Um, I know that <laughs> we were we were goofing on it for me and Lee a little bit, um, and we're just saying that it was so nice that it felt like a movie that, in many ways, kind of came straight out of the nineties. It had a bit of a timeless feel. It felt like movies I watched as a kid had an eighties, nineties kind of feel to it. But then we were saying it still had a lot of modern trappings, and it avoided the whole cliche of like, oh yeah, Sonic's best friend is a kid and his parents have just got divorced and his dad works at an ad exec <laughs> as an ad exec if, at it, a fucking if this movie came out in 1996 that's definitely what would have yeah. been the case yeah i never yeah. really thought about it in honesty like yeah. and, I, and I, I imagined all kinds of crazy shit as a kid but like uh you know 
but no, I never imagined doing a Sonic podcast with you fellas. So there you go. That took me by surprise. Oh, and here we uh, are. No, I thought about the movie, but I never really thought like they would even do it, you know, because yeah. like the time kind of for me came and went and I kind of went on and bought an N64 to my shame. And uh, I know, I know I was a Sonic fan. Um, and I don't know. I just never, I genuinely never gave it any thought. I never thought it would happen. Yeah. I, I didn't think, think it was, was so going to happen either. I don't, I don't remember putting a lot of thought to it. I thought like maybe if they did anything, it would be like a more direct adaptation of the game stories, but. Or a continuation of one of the animated series. Cause I do remember yeah. like reading in the back issues of the Archie comic books growing up that they were trying to make a Sonic movie as far back as what, 96 maybe or something like that. And, uh, and sort of not wanting it to be that, that version of Sonic. And if you kind of like look around for like what fans on the internet are like what they want from a movie, usually they're just posting like exactly the stories that happens in the games. They're like, well, yeah, you just you just make a movie of Sonic bopping a bunch of robots and then the animals come out and then, you know, he finds Eggman in his Eggmobile and then uh, he fights that and then it's a new zone and then there's more animals to... It doesn't quite work for a movie structure if you do it that yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, it feels more like a video game summary than <laughs> yeah. a movie, which yeah. is, you know, to make it a movie, you got to think about like, what is uh, what are people going to care about here? Where's the, like, the emotion? And uh, yeah. That's something that we all really appreciated of where you found... Uh, where the movie finds the emotion and the the loneliness, right? That's something that uh, mm. segueing over yeah. to uh, Josh or Lee, something we were talking uh, about just before we started I did recording. Have a, yeah. yeah, I had a real question, a real actual interviewer style question that I wrote earlier on. I mean, ten minutes earlier on, not much, but you know, <laughs> earlier on. Uh, <laughs> um, is that yeah? There was just an incredible emotional center, an emotional core to this movie that I completely didn't expect. I mean, I've seen a few video game adaptations in my time and they upset me deeply so i guess that was my emotional core i remember going to see warcraft at the uh at the midnight showing and just i was angry dude 40 minutes in i was just angry like i was pacing around tapping my foot like i was clenching my foot i couldn't you were pacing I, I in the theater relax. yeah i had to get up and go for a walk mate i was fucking fuming I wow <laughs> that bad I was, no it wasn't that bad but no i was just i was so angry and i watched it again i was like you know i've had a couple of drinks you know i'm going Maybe a bit of the old uh, devil's lettuce. You know, maybe I'm just not in the right mood for this thing. It's a midnight showing. Maybe I'm just a bit tired. And then I saw it again the next day and I was still fucking angry. So whatever. You know, uh, they, it feels like they either went like super cheesy and maybe a bit too literal. And they're just like, we'll get all the characters. They look they, you know, they look like fucking cartoons. They're flying about. doing. Look at Mortal Kombat movie, for example. You know, so, I, I, you know, or they just go like super serious. It's very dour. It's it's trying too hard and you end up with something like i don't know assassin's creed or something which i haven't seen but i don't think i'm missing out from what I assassin's gather. creed movie was pretty rough was it shit pretty right, rough i mean that was one i'm trying to remember when that came i mean because we definitely like looked at other adaptations uh mm. and we well, felt like, like no one had really done it correctly you know adapting a video game with the possible exception of like the first mortal Kombat movie which at least like oh, got yeah. You know, it's like because when you're adapting something, it's like not about doing directly what it is, but it's that like looking at the original thing and asking, like, what is it that people like about this mm. and trying to tr take stay true to that part of it and then replace the other stuff with things that like make it a movie. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's gonna have to have a beginning middle and end it's gonna have to have the conflict and resolution it's gonna have to have all that hero's journey shit in there that it's a film we, we kind of come to expect that. Um, and it, I suppose it's hard to put that onto a video game where there's a lot of player agency. You know, you're not looking at a very 
uh, defined storyline in a lot of cases, especially something older like Sonic, where it's it's about the player and the experiences of the player and being directly physically involved with it in, in a different way. Right. But like, you know, looking at those early Sonic games, it's clear what people liked about it. It's like you're moving hmm. fast. It's colorful. It's fun. He's got yeah. kind of a snarky attitude, even though in those games he can't talk. He just makes faces. But that was enough to kind of get an idea of, you know, what what his personality Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously he like talks and has all these other cartoons and stuff too, but we were still really mostly just looking at those early games and thinking about like, how do we, how, how do we do this as a movie? Yeah. You yeah, know, he, uh, tapped, he tapped his foot, he you... waggled his finger. He was one he sassy did. hedgehog. He did. He was very sassy. How did you I guys f- find the loneliness angle? That was something that, uh, yeah. was, that really drew me into it. And, and I, and I thought that was really creative as well to like make that, uh, parallel between Robotnik and Sonic, both kind of being like aliens in their own way uh, and and isolated from humanity and, you know, wanting to connect but not knowing how. That's something that you wouldn't really take from... That's something that no previous adaptation that I can think of uh, really leaned into. It's usually... Sonic's usually just like a catchphrase machine of just like, hey, man, you Dr. Mm-hmm. Eggman, I'm going to come yeah. over there and bop your bad eggs. Uh, so on. Yeah, I get those say. chili dogs. Yeah, I gotta eat those chili dogs and gotta go fast. And he's just kind of like a Bart Simpson t-shirt machine. Uh, And so when it was like, (laughs) oh, Sonic's sort of this lonely kid, it was like a revelation of like, oh, that's uh, that's so interesting. It adds so much depth to the character that uh, that we hadn't really seen before. Was that something that was your creation? Was that something that was part of the uh, director's vision of the producers? Or also, I know you guys came in. Uh, there had been multiple different versions of the script by the time that you guys had arrived. Uh, so mm, I'm, I'm wondering about right. how that thread originated. So when Josh and I came on the scene, basically they had just hired Jeff to direct it. And he had like, we had to get the job. We had kind of pitched a whole different version of the movie that was more, was even more based just on the first game where it was like that. The concept was that like a chaos Emerald had fallen to earth or possibly all of them in like the jungle in like some, uninhabited part of South America and had like mutated these animals and basically created, created all these characters and Sonic Uh, sort of hmm. protected, kept humans out of this Valley, but then Robotnik um, beat Sonic and stole the emeralds. And Sonic has to like follow Robotnik back to the U S to try and get the emeralds back or else the Valley will something bad will happen. So it's going to be like the turtles and the ooze kind of thing. The emeralds were going to be like the thing that like, like mutated them. Yeah, I mean, I felt like that kind of made sense. Anyway, we sort of pitched that and and Sega was like, oh, we like it, but we can't we can't do it like that's against like Sega rules. Like Sonic has to come from another world. Like he can't just be from Uh, a part of Earth. And uh, I was like, okay. okay. But anyway, like we charmed them, I guess, with just, you know, like there was a lot more to that and like the humor and the stuff that was in there. But in that version, Sonic was like he was already a hero, but then he's just going on his biggest adventure. And Jeff had made a separate pitch that was more about Sonic as a kid, but where Sonic was like not allowed to run. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I've never talked about this publicly before, so hopefully I won't get in trouble for it. Okay, but well, just, just like that little kid in Minari, he can't run <laughs> yeah, or he's gonna kid. die. <laughs> and he sort of discovers a way to come to the real world and he's he's sneaking out and doing it um so that he can run free and then sort of runs afoul of robotnik and causes all this stuff to happen and that was sort of jeff's pitch so we came on board to kind of do jeff's pitch but then as we were 
working on it, the three of us, we were sort of discovering ways in which that didn't quite work. And so we were sort of like, okay, we got to just like really, really think about this. And I'm trying to remember how it even like, we just stumbled upon it thinking about, because we wanted to get Sonic to earth faster. We were like, we can't have this whole giant act one where he's just on another planet. And then he comes to earth and we got to like start over with our human characters like the mm-hmm. studio was like, and Sonic's got to be friends with a kid. And then at some point we were like, if Sonic's ah, a kid, oh, he doesn't need to be we're friends with a kid. Has he, to be, they knew it. Like, <laughs> if he, with his center parting and these divorced parents. Yeah. Yeah. But that was the, like, once we were like, but if Sonic's a kid, why do we need another kid? Sonic's yeah, the kid. Right. So we were like, right. who can we team him up with? You know, if it's an adult, it can be more of a movie star. It can be somebody who's capable. Like this needs to be an action movie. You know, Sonic's like, yeah. like you could do a version of this that's not an action movie, but that was the version that would suck. And we didn't want to make the version that sucked. We wanted to make a version that was cool. Hmm. Um, so we were like thinking about idea. like, that's a good idea. Getting him to Earth early and then just thinking about what that's like. And he's sort of an alien. You know, he's sort of like Superman, but Superman can pass for human. There's like mm-hmm. Hellboy and Hellboy like is raised by the army in secret. So we hmm. liked that, but we didn't want Sonic to be like raised by the army. And then somehow, I don't know, we were just talking about it and we sort of had this idea of him like as an outside observer and he's sort of like the little mermaid. Because like with somebody like Sonic too, he's got all these powers. It's sort of a fantasy, but like, you know, how do you give him something that you can like, when a character has everything, Mm -hmm. then how do you even feel for him? Right. So it's like we've created a scenario where he has these incredible powers and he can kind of do anything. But the one thing he can never have is the thing that everyone in the audience has, which is like Mm -hmm. a home and, you know, a a society to participate in, friends and family and stuff. So somehow we just kind of were talking and we came up with it. And I think all all of us were just like, yeah, that's it. This is like what we got to do. And then we just kind of kept building on that. Cool. It um, feels really right for the character. It's so it's just so interesting because it's jarring because I feel like you in one of the things in the games is he's got like all this just extended ensemble cast of friends. So you don't think of him as being lonely. But then you kind of, you know, when you put the focus on just him, on just Sonic himself, it's 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 not often the case where it's a story just purely about Sonic, at least not from the game's perspective, not from the comic book perspective. You know, it's always about the Sonic world. Uh, so. Yeah. yeah and like, like in our earlier kind of talking about it, like we had the other characters in it. But once we kind of realized like this loneliness thing, we were like, OK, well, we just got to lose tails and knuckles and like we'll we'll get them later. And it'll be all the more yeah. powerful when they show up. If like he's been the only one, you yeah. know, he's totally unique. Um, but then when he meets yeah, somebody totally. else who's like him, he'll be like, oh, holy, you know, it's like this is going to blow his mind, I would imagine. But we'll have to see how he reacts in Sonic 2. Who knows? Whoa. Could go anyway. <laughs> Find out in theaters April 22nd, 2020. Oh, wow. Do you just have that off I think that's it, right? Is that it? Yeah. Uh, it's April, at least. I'm not sure of the day. You You're should probably know. Right. You wrote the motherfucking... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's on the internet. Google it. I don't know. I'm not a... Re- I think no. I think it was very well, done. And, and you know, I lo- I love this movie, man. So again, thank you. Uh, I I love this fucking movie, and I think it was it was super interesting for me as a busted ass grown man now to watch a movie about 
uh, a character that as a kid I almost looked up to. You know, there was mm-hmm. that dynamic of Sonic and Tails of being like an older brother, younger brother, and I have an older brother, so I was always the Tails. So Sonic for me was like a this cool, free spirited character you could kind of look up to and make you feel kind of confident. And to go from that dynamic to then now being in my mid thirties and to have and he hasn't changed age, you know, he's still 14, 15 years old, I guess, in this movie. He's that sort of age range, I guess. Um, to then look at him and kind of go, oh, man, I want to look after this kid. I want to make sure he's okay. You know, I think it was nice without changing the age to still yeah. appeal to people who liked it as a kid. Now they're adults. Mm. Yeah, I think it was it was very well done in that yeah. in that regard. And we we're saying about the loneliness aspect and how. And Jesus, man, we've been thinking a lot about fucking loneliness the last year and a half, haven't we? It'd be <laughs> isolated, yeah. being separate from people and to see how it affects people in different ways. Sonic is a lonely character. Robotnik's a, a lonely character. He, he doesn't have any friends. He has no family. He's got his weird little bitch stone that he pushes around. He's and this, his little in that, in that crazy little, Yeah, that fucking subdom relationship he's got going on there, which I yeah. can't know. And I'm, I'm uh, being facetious. It was pretty hot. Pretty, it was a little bit hot. A, and as, it's kind of steamy. I was, I was discussing earlier on. You said like to save it for the pod. I'm going to say stone the, made for him. The what? <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly, dude. Uh, you know, stone was a sleeper hit in my household. Me and my girlfriend, we love stone. We we kind of we kind of want to look after him a little bit as well, like Sonic. We want to just we want to just bring him around, <laughs> just make him a hot dinner. Just I mean, you know, just be like, if you want to, you're always welcome. You know. I don't know. I mean, Agent anyway, Stone was kind of kind of a sleeper hit in the movie in general. I feel like when yeah. you know, because he was uh, Lee Maju who plays Stone, and he's great. And he was like oh, a local hire. You know, he's Vancouver, just like oh, that guy. Oh, you know, oh, it's okay. like cra- guy who plays Crazy Carl, who I just saw. I just rewatched Hot Rod. Uh, oh yeah, and he's in that playing basically the same role of Crazy Old Woodsman. Oh my gosh! Uh, but he was he was the local hire as well. But it, I feel like on the page. Like no one quite realized Agent Stone was going to be so great, and that, that's—I mean—that's Lee's performance and Jim and Lee just like really hit it off, and like they added stuff, you know, just the choreography of you mm. know, like pin yourself against the wall. That, that was nice. <laughs> <laughs> that, it, that was in the idea. neck. There's, there's so many yeah. like great little physical comedy <laughs> bits between the two of them that uh, are so entertaining yeah i just rewatched the movie today while i was cooking and i had the commentary track on and i think jeff in the commentary was talking about that scene where jim like just grabs stone like by the mouth like puts his hand in his <laughs> mouth with something mouth, that yeah. like jim came up with and like asked if it was okay to do it and uh apparently the actor for stone was like yeah let's do it <laughs> yeah, yeah. Lee, about, like... Lee was game for anything <laughs> like they those two are hilarious together um, I mean, I'll be honest though. If Jim Carrey was like, "I'm going to put my hand in your mouth for this scene," is that all right? I'd be like, "Fucking Jim, mate, do what you want." Honestly, let's be honest. <laughs> like, I am your bowling ball. <laughs> what a get, oh, Jim Carrey. I mean, like for friends of mine that have seen the movie and liked it, uh, and and uh, but aren't like huge Sonic fans, uh, like the Jim Carrey performance was like the big like standout thing that everybody was talking about. It's like, oh, it's like a throwback to the Mask or Ace Ventura. It's like it mm. feels like the classic Jim Carrey stuff it, that was like so fun to see. And it's, it's not the casting that I think anybody, there was no fan casting that I could imagine was like, Oh yeah, Jim Carrey as Robotnik. And yet it makes perfect sense when you see it. Yeah. Yeah. He was terrific. I was so excited when he came on board um, 
it was funny just because yeah it's like i'm trying to think of even like what other names were discussed and some of them were good ideas and some of them were bad ideas well i feel like people always go for like who has a physical resemblance so it's always like danny devito or it's like oh yeah i would have like on that love to see a danny devito take on that character I mean, Danny DeVito came up, but it's like he's 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 uh, he's pretty old at this point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did you have um, anyone in mind in particular when you were writing it? Were you like, oh, this is the guy that's saying this? Like in my head, you know. You know, it's funny for him. I didn't really like. I was just picturing. I was just picturing Doctor Robotnik, like the cartoon character, <laughs> yeah. really. Even right. though you know. I mean, it's like always we were like, oh, I mean, he should just be a human. He's a human scientist, even though, yeah, like looking back at like fan discussion of the movie, everyone was like, well, he he's also from another planet. But I was, you know, when I was playing the game, I always assumed he was a human being, even though he's obviously very strangely yeah. proportioned. Yeah. But I mean, with with the character. Yeah. When Jim came on board, because like before that, too, there had been a lot of debate about how funny Robotnik should be. And, you know, I always felt like he needs to be funny. Like he, he needs to be a formidable opponent as well and scary. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't that's that's not mutually exclusive with being funny. And at times they were, you know, take out this joke and take out that joke. We can't make Dr. Robotnik too, too, too silly. And then Jim came on board and they were like, put, put those jokes back. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's what I wanted. Uh, so I was happy when he came on board. I'm like, yes, Robotnik can can be funny. And then like. I mean, Jim hadn't really been in a movie in years, too, so I wasn't totally sure what to expect. And then as soon as I saw his first dailies, I was like, oh, hell yeah. Like, he is he is back. He's doing it. Yeah. He's going for it. Yeah. And like Grant was saying, that whole appeal of, like, having 90s-style Jim Carrey, you know, when I read about the casting as well, you know, like, and this is a movie I've didn't expect ever to happen but have kind of wanted since i was like a 10 year old boy and when i was 10 in the mid 90s that yeah i was nuts for jim carrey and all that shit so to to read that he was in it i was like perfect yep that's gonna be fucking fantastic because dude the mask is like one of my favorite movies so you think like full crazy pants jim carrey just doing his thing and and speaking of which like yeah so was the script complete before the casting was announced or were you writing knowing that he was going to be doing it or or because i'm guessing that he had a lot of like collaboration in like throwing lines and bits out there yeah i mean the script was complete and then once jim came on board um like he he definitely had ideas and like his scenes all of them were rewritten to some degree and then he would also <laughs> right. have new, wow. new stuff like he would often have ideas like he would like look ahead at the next day basically and then be like, I, I need some stuff like this to say in this scene. And then, you know, like they would email us basically. And we would write a bunch of uh, jokes along those lines for Jim to like pick from or oh. whatever. And sometimes what he would end up doing was not even any of the things we'd sent. But it was like we were, you know, yeah, we were so, helping him out, like rolling out a bucket of toys for him to play with. Yeah, uh, I felt like was our key. job there. Is that like a normal kind of, thing um, in the movie writing process? Or is that maybe yeah. kind of like unique to certain actors like Jim? I think, I mean, I, I think it depends on the movie and the and the star. Like on some comedies, I think it's not that terribly uncommon, especially mm-hmm. if you've got, um, you know, like improvisers and and mm-hmm. uh, a cast. Of, but like on like a more serious movie, I think in general, that's like that would be not not terribly typical. But for Jim, I think it's sort of a necessity. Uh-huh. I mean, he's Much he's got tougher. a lot of ideas, and they're generally very good. Like he's he's a super funny dude. He's Jim Carrey for a reason. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, he's not tougher for Sonic to improvise, I would imagine. That's got to stick more yeah. to the script. Well, but, actually, I mean, that's yeah. the funniest thing about this is that we shoot the whole movie and then 
you know, you animate Sonic afterwards. So it's like on the set, there's somebody doing Sonic's lines as written, but you have you have room afterwards to add things or change things or even add sight gags um, after the fact because uh, because he's animated. You can you can keep changing him until it's locked. Yeah, yeah. Um, there were a, so couple we of kind of a lot of that on the first one, actually. Yeah, like what? Like, I know the uh, there was some animations that I think for whatever reason became famous, like the Sonic balancing on the edge animation. You oh, see like a cute. wink to that yeah. in the uh, in the hotel yeah. room scene. Um, were there any others like like Sonic changes? I mean, obviously, his whole design changed. Uh, but were there any like post changes that uh, stick out in your memory for Sonic's character? I'm trying to think. Like when there, there's like a fish on his head, like that wasn't that wasn't in the <laughs> script that just like appeared. I mean, and like lots of like little things of, you know, it's like in that hotel room, we were like Sonic's running all over the room, doing every crazy thing you can think of without specifying what all of them are. Because then hmm. it's like these, you know, the board artists and the animators, they're like creative and funny guys, too. Like you try and like give them space to to add on to what's there, too. Yeah, like it's, you know, it's a collaborative process. Like sometimes people are like, oh, do you get mad when something changes from the script? And I'm like, I mean, if it makes it better, then I love it across uh, the board, you know? Yeah, that's what, I, thought like, was what he, I was wondering about that. Is that like, yeah, it's like if I'd wrote a fucking movie script, you're just like, yeah, this is it. You slap it down on the desk and they're like, Jim, Jim doesn't approve. You know, like I'd, I'd be like, what the f- come on, man? Like, you know, uh, I, but it's nice that it's back and forth like that. It, it, it is a collaborative process. Yeah, it's. I mean, there's a lot of teamwork involved, and like, um, I mean, I've been doing this for a long time too, so it's like my ego mm. was crushed years ago. There's nothing <laughs> left. It crushed into dust. So, uh, are you like involved through? Like, how far into the production are you involved as a writer of the movie? Like all the way through? I mean, it, it's you actually kind of like come and go. So it's like you know you finish a draft, and then sometimes you know like they have like a. a a round table where they bring in a bunch of like famous comedians to just like punch, do punch ups. Mm-hmm. And then some of that makes it into the script. And then, you know, it's like you, they bring us back occasionally. Like on the first one, like they were like halfway through production and we were sort of uninvolved and they were like, wait guys, come back. We need you to do this stuff. And that's when we were doing these like last minute rewrites for Jim. Okay. And, mm-hmm. uh, and then all through like post-production as well, because of the fact I mean, we had an extended post-production on the first one because of the redesign, but that also kind of gave us a chance to like really look at it and be like, what else can we do to make this movie better? Um, and so for the second one, I was like pretty uninvolved during filming because I couldn't go to the set this time. For the first one, we were on the set some of the time. Oh, wow. That's okay. cool. Um, but I've, as we are getting further into the edit, I'm expecting to be back in on the second one as well. Um and help shape the edit, which is kind of weird for a writer to do. But again, this is like, you know, it's a team effort. And Jeff is a, you know, he's a great director and he, he values collaboration as well. And like in this movie too, there's like, you know, the studio and Sega, there, there's just a lot of fingers in the pie at every stage. Mm-hmm. So you yeah. need, need a chill dude in charge, which is why Jeff's so good at it. It's like, he's yep. good at managing everybody and letting everybody like have an effect. Um, and like trying to make it all additive and, you know, make it make the movie better and not turn into some sort of pissing match, which I think can happen <laughs> on movies sometimes where it becomes like, you know, competing camps. Like, I think everybody's pulling in the same direction. Oh, yeah. Which is the important thing. That's good. Yeah, I got it's the impression. Oh, sorry. From the no, ahead, commentary. Uh, yeah, it seemed like that there was quite a bit of room for like Jeff and Ben to do a lot of like um, maybe a bit of improv- improvisation of Sonic's lines and reactions and stuff like that. 
After yeah, I was there for a little bit of that too. Like I was like in the booth with Ben sometimes, which was a lot of fun. Mm. He's he, like he's such a funny improviser and great seems like a real high energy guy. <laughs> he's like I, I love Ben Schwartz. Great, great guy. I was so pleased when we got to use him as the voice because he had done our early like test scene, which has like still never seen the light of day. I thought maybe it was going to be on the DVD, but that that wasn't for whatever reason that we did before the movie when we were like trying to sell it to the studio, basically. What Just was a that like? Scene. Can you tell us anything about that? Yeah, I mean, it's funny. It actually, like, it was sort of like a sequel to the movie. I'm trying to think if, like, the script was done. I feel like we were still writing the script. But we did it as a standalone scene, as an animation test, so they could show it to Paramount and the other studios because we were, like, leaving Sony. I don't want to get into the, yeah. that part of it. But we were <laughs> oh, yeah. a oh, pitch yeah. to take it around to the other studios and did this scene and it was tom but played by oh shoot now i'm forgetting the actor's name he's on veep is like the kind of handsome jerk guy oh uh the guy who plays dan i don't know the actor's name i can look up I on imdb right now i can find out um so he was tom and it was basically like the scene of with the the uh, radar gun mm-hmm. and sonic keeps racing by and making the numbers go higher and then the mm. kind of twist is that uh tom knew like this is like a game they were playing this is like after the movie takes place basically and they're already friends and then sonic runs by the car so fast that it makes the car go like flying into the ditch but he like broke (laughs) his personal record and then sonic and tom are just banter and then head off to um oh actually in that one they said they were gonna go to uh i think uh Oh shoot! Now I forget the joke. Whatever. Sonic wanted to go go to Laser Tag or to some specific chain restaurant, <laughs> but it was not Olive Garden. <laughs> That's cute. See, the Olive Garden thing. All right, look. Yeah. As an Englishman, you may have noticed um, we don't have those. So I wasn't, and uh, we don't have Zillow or anything like that. We don't. It's not. I'm not familiar with that stuff. So when I saw it in the movie, I was kind of like. Well, I guess they invented that for the movie. It, it might as well be. It might as well just be made up. Um, <laughs> the Zillow thing was like a last second thing because I'd watched like the almost finished cut of it. I like had okay. it home like days before the movie came out and it wasn't in there yet. And then when I saw it at the premiere, I was like, oh, they added like a Zillow thing. Like she was always looking at apartments online. Uh, but it does kind of have funny. like an ADR feel to it, that line. I think. <laughs> yeah, you know? that one very much so. <laughs> um, the Olive Garden it, it, one... That was not even product placement. I don't. Olive Garden didn't. You just thought it was funny. Yeah. Like our our last draft was not even an Olive Garden gift card, but it was always the joke was that like the the present from the the general was super crappy, mm. and then I think it was like the punch up. Somebody like changed it to an Olive Garden gift card, and then basically, I think our producer thought it was so funny that they inserted this other Olive Garden <laughs> thing earlier to set it up. <laughs> I, I, I i thought that was funny um my best friend lives in the us so i'm over there once a year usually um so i sort of yeah got the context of like oh yeah shit that's funny that is like the funniest possible restaurant you could have chosen because it's not you know it's not it's not the worst you know like it would have been crappier if it was like a taco bell voucher but it, that it's just sort of it's not so crap that you're like, oh man, 
it's just good enough to be like, well, oh, okay, I guess I'll keep that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They're going to use it. It's just that it. as like thing right. to make up for their like lives having been destroyed. It's like it's <laughs> not uh, the gift is not commensurate in value with uh, Tom having been a fugitive and and their their whole house got wrecked. Yeah, yeah. With, it always, uh, always felt to me like that the, the the gag was like it's it's what small town folks would think was fancy is kind of the how i yeah. read that gag i guess yeah I'm i haven't been to an olive garden in years I, I i should go again maybe and find out because i'm not i'm like is how yeah what is the food like i don't remember I don't, I been there since I was a kid. Uh, it's wet it's, it's often very wet call them up and ask them did they get a bump from the sonic movie <laughs> yeah, they must have. You sure. should get a lifetime Olive Garden. I mean, Ooh, one of those lifetime free breeding placement. Yeah. yeah, I'm curious about some of the other changes, uh, the collaborative changes uh, that you see a bit on the DVD too. Like the you see like a, there's an extended intro uh, that ended up being cut from the movie, yeah. uh, where we spend more time uh, with Sonic as a bit of a mystery. And then yeah. also, I thought one of the things that I think uh, the Sonic super fans uh, were interested in was that the you know, in the in the fun, in the final cut of the movie, it's the Echidna tribe that is attacking Longclaw and Sonic. But originally, it was not Echidnas, right? It was uh, it was like just like lizards or just uh, some more mm. original or or race thing, yeah. chameleon or something like that. Uh, did that change later on with the uh, the Sonic design, or do you, was that something you were involved with, or how did that come about? Um, so there was some stuff with the lizards. Like this was sort of a thing where it was like, actually when we were at Sony, cause they were kind of like, they actually, they were like, create, create some new characters that we can own. Um, <laughs> so they were putting stuff on us to do that. <laughs> so we did, and we had this new villain, but then we ended up like cutting that, that villain just cause it was, we, they were just like, it's just too much. We got to just focus on Robotnik. So we like got rid right. of the secondary villain. And then like this lizard attack at the beginning instead of echidnas was sort of just left over from that. But then at some point, I mean, I think we all just kind of were like, why are we even doing this? Like, let's make it, let's make it the echidnas (laughs) so we can use this to set up part two um, in a, in a somewhat subtle way. I mean, it was funny. I remember having the argument. I mean, somebody was just like, are are the fans even going to notice that this is echidnas? Are they going to know what it is? And I was like, yes, they are going to, they are going to notice for sure. (laughs) Yeah, straight away. Like, I was just like the whole time. I felt like the studio never quite appreciated yeah, what wow. was going on with no, the Sonic, Sonic fandom. Uh, like the, the the execs had like they had not wandered into uh, onto you know the Sonic Stadium. They 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 didn't know the state of play <laughs> as oh, far Jesus. as just like how much scrutiny this was going to get, and like the fact that like. Like we put in Easter eggs. Is anyone even going to get them? I was just like, yes, somebody's going to notice every single thing we do. Like be assured. So we have to be conscientious of what, what we're doing and what we're saying. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, from the first moment of the movie with the Sega opening and doing the Sega sound and then seeing the, uh, you know, the, the screenshots of the video games, it felt like it's like, okay, this is, this is similar to, the Marvel experience of of mm. knowing that you can enjoy the movie on its own merits, but also there's these like these winks and nods yeah. that, that these I Easter mean, eggs it, that make it more fun. And basically, like after that first trailer went over like such a fart in church, you know, <laughs> like then they they were like, oh, and like they had a real awakening <laughs> oh to the concept of like, okay, Good. we gotta you know we gotta take the fans into account as we're as we're moving forward here. 
Um, and Tyson came on board and Tyson was kind of the voice of the fans as well in the studio uh-huh, I yeah. think took everything we, he said very seriously we all love Tyson we love Tyson we do yeah. love Tyson I mean, Tyson's yeah, he, great he can do no he's, wrong yeah yeah he's very talented nice guy funny guy mm. um, I mean he's working on part two as well in an yeah, even so greater can... capacity that's yeah, yeah this yeah, time from news. the beginning that's exciting and yeah. uh yeah I mean I don't know if you can but I mean, there was some there's some set leaks for two, uh, you know, that have gone around of seeing the models for Sonic Tails and Knuckles and they look awesome. It, like it's like I feel like it was the exact opposite reaction of the first time mm. people saw Sonic from the first one where, you know, th- I didn't see any like teeth gnashing about how Knuckles looks uh, even just from like the standalone uh, still image of, of the sort of doll version. It was like, oh, my God, that's that's Knuckles. That is what Knuckles looks like. Yeah, it was yeah, unanimously he's slightly positive. He's slightly different. Yeah. He's a little bigger. You know, he's got he's got a little bit more of like a musculature to him, uh, if if that's a word. And uh, but people were, I was excited. I was like, oh my god, the, shit, this looks legit. This looks real. This this is like seeing the thing come to life in a way that uh, could not have imagined it being that way. It's definitely been a very different experience this this time around as far as like <laughs> fan reactions to leaks and stuff. Right. Just like seeing people who are like excited and looking forward to the movie. I'm like, oh, this is a new feeling and I like it. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, nice. so what was that like the first time around for you? You know, you've like busted your ass off, you know, like trying to make the best movie you can, writing this, you know, the best script you can. And then the trailer drops. So it must have been like a real bummer. But then... You know, there's this redesign. This I mean, the pessimism the in general, trailer. yeah, was a bit of a bummer. And like, people would be like, "Oh, this movie's going to be bad." It's being written by the guys who wrote, and then they would only list our very worst credits from like that we movies, the things that we wrote when we were like 22 and didn't know what we were doing. And I was just like, "Look at our more recent credits, you guys." <laughs> so it's from the writers of Golan the Insatiable, at least. Yeah, that was. If a fun you guys have not seen Golan the Insatiable, you should absolutely it's check it out. I think show, it's on yeah. Hulu. It's great. Um, but yeah, that first trailer came out and everyone recoiled in terror. And it, <laughs> it was funny because it was sort of a mixed feelings. We were like, oh, no, everybody hates it. But at the same time, like they were making fun of us on every TV show and everyone was talking about it on the Internet. So I was just like, wow, yeah. people know this exists. You know, it's like right. all of our previous projects had never really gotten much hype, either good or bad. And like, you know, they were things like Golan. Where like people who watched it were like, yeah, this is good, but like almost nobody watched it. Nobody knew it existed. There weren't any haters because like not enough people watched it to even get mad. So as I was happy that they, people were talking about the movie, I was like, well, maybe this means you know we're really testing the concept of is there such a thing as bad press. Mm-hmm. Um, right. But then when the second trailer came out and people got excited, like I like I. I that one they showed me that trailer before it was going to come out, and they were like, what do you think? And I was like, I mean, it's a lot better is the public going to give us a second chance and get on board with this really though? Like, I don't, I don't know. Like I was feeling kind of pessimistic about that concept. So I was like, that restored my faith in humanity. Um, <laughs> it, it was a during those months. Yeah. Like I think I've told the story on podcast before, but it was so true after that first trailer came out. Cause we, you know, you know, we we're still going on meetings and trying to get other jobs and stuff. And people would be like, so, Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh, how's that going? And we'd be like, oh, I mean, the movie, the movie's good. I mean, I think, you know, people are going to like it when they see it. And they were like, oh, yeah, good, good for you guys. You know, (laughs) just like this, like pity from other execs and stuff. Uh, And I was just like, yeah, especially, I don't know. 
I wasn't totally sure the movie was going to be good and well received, but I thought I thought there was a good chance it would be. I felt like the movie was going to be good when it was done, but it still wasn't done, so I couldn't be sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, that I mean, whole situation I didn't, I didn't hate well. Oh, for I, just like yeah. the exposure it got, and then the oh yeah, it ended up being kind perception. of a miracle. Yeah, yeah. I was saying I didn't hate the original design. It what? Was, oh, it, really? wait, 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 hang on. Look, let me what explain. The hell, myself, Josh? Like, don't fucking, Yes, I know. Oh, it's Josh. He does the hot takes. Look, bear with me on this one. Look, when I saw the like leaked uh, mock-up or whatever, and, and we were talking about earlier on about the turtles, yeah, with the mutagen and that, I thought that it looked a bit like one of the Jim Henson-style turtle puppet-type, animatronic-type things. It had that look to it. And if you'd have made this movie in the 90s, that's how you would have done it, dude. CGI was was bullshit in the nineties. Like, oh, okay, apart from Jurassic Park, it could have been like a Howard the Duck version of Sonic. That's, yeah, I, right. I, that's literally it. Yeah, I was like, I was just imagining if it was gonna happen, it was gonna be like Howard the Duck. What? But what if Howard the Duck but Sonic? Essentially, is like 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 something really fucked up and cheesy, like Masters of the Universe, that kind of shit. You know, like yeah, right, um, that kind of thing. So I was like, I'm kind of fascinated by that, dude, because I again, I grew up with that shit, and it was kind of janky. But so I didn't hate it, but I'm I'm glad that they did what they did. Thank you, Tyson. God bless you, mate. But I also don't think, and again, I'm not just saying it because you're here, Pat. I don't think that. The design aside, the movie still stood as it was, and the emotional core was there, you know. And uh, it, maybe it was easier to connect with the character based on the visuals and stuff, but I don't think the writing should have suffered as a result of uh, visual design choices, you know. And uh, I guess I'm glad they changed it because it allowed your writing and your well building to kind of breathe a little bit better, maybe. Yeah. yeah, I mean, the, with the old design, it is funny because there wasn't much animation done that wasn't in that trailer. But I did see like right, the little yeah. bits of like the baseball scene was mostly done with that old character. And when I saw that, oh. I was like, oh, you know what? Like when you actually see entire scenes with this dude, I think people would get kind of used to him and like it basically. Yeah, Damn, now I want to see um, that. <laughs> but yeah, it, like it worked right. better with with the cuter, more cartoony Sonic, because I always felt like yeah. whenever, you know, like we weren't really part of the design team or anything, but whenever. I was offering my my two bits. I was just like, the important thing is that you want to pick him up and give him a hug. Like yeah. we need, yeah. he yes. needs to be huggable for this story to work. Like that's what we need from a story element. Um, yeah, I mean, it's such a strange thing to me, just like from the I guess like executive side or the studio side, when you decide to invest in a well known IP to then change the things that people like about it, which is the one thing that's consistent about Sonic throughout all the things is that he's got a pretty, I mean, even the design changes, but not to the extent of that, that first design where it's like so radically, uh, you know, I mean, I was less favorable on it. I would, I mean, I knew, I knew we had already like talked about it, Pat, I think. Uh, and so I knew that I was like looking forward to the movie and I was like, oh, okay, the story's going to be good. But seeing that first design was like, Oh no, it's going to be like, what if Mac and me had a good script? You're not going to be able to get past <laughs> the fact that it still looks like Mac. And uh, so, yeah, I think changing it was like a saving, a saving grace, but it's such a strange thing of like, okay, well, we've got this thing. We're going to use this IP because it's already got a built-in audience. So let's throw away what the audience likes about it and just like reinvent it. You're absolutely right. He needs to be hungry. Like that's the, that's kind of the biggest thing. Uh, 
Sonic's I mean, cute. the fact that we went through this middle stage of the first bad design, I think, like, if we hadn't done that, like, we would have caught maybe more flack because there was a big thing of, like, does he have one giant eye with two pupils? Or, <laughs> right. You know, but right. I, I was team two eyes. And then also, I like, see. is he, does he have fur or is he, like, is he like a seal? And I was also team fur. <laughs> and I think ultimately yeah. we caught like no flack for him having fur in the end, just because everyone was so yeah. happy. He didn't have human teeth. You know, yeah. <laughs> teeth were fine. everyone was so upset. He still has teeth. Everyone was so no, upset. About Josh, teeth. get Again, your head straight. No, <laughs> they are less the prominent. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, they are. I noticed that. I did notice that. Look, look at, again, look at the fucking turtles movie, man. Those guys got teeth for days. Yeah. Look at those. those were also kind of creepy. These gnashes. Look, it's just crazy with these guys. They're just flapping ass Jim Henson mouths. Like mm-hmm. it just with the oh, eyes behind the teeth. Yeah, I think the Sonic movie, Sonic movie two, is in good position to like really outperform the first one because if uh, the theaters can one, open back up, yeah, hopefully, yeah, yeah. But it just in terms of like the goodwill too, because it's like. The yeah. second Michael Bay Turtles movie was a lot better, but by that time, people were like, I think, already just so turned off by, in part, the designs. Uh, yeah, but, but by the time was... they brought in all the fan service, there was like nobody was there to like pay attention. I mean, uh, I, I, I hopefully we can capitalize. Sort of, I mean, like Austin Powers Two was so much bigger than the first one, yeah, right, um, right. because people had, had caught the like the first one was a sleeper hit, and then for the second one, people knew it was going to be a hit, so he was in like mm-hmm. ads and stuff. Like, mm-hmm. I think there's going to be a lot more. There's going to be more toys and more Ooh. you know uh stuff just stuff in the culture because i think nobody you know out there like mcdonald's or whatever it's like they didn't think sonic was gonna be a hit that's why there were no sonic happy meals uh but this time yeah, actually i shouldn't say a specific brand because i don't know who our brand partners will be but i know that this time we'll have some mm. Not Ooh, just that's exciting yeah. So you heard it here first, guys. Sonic, the sequel, is going to take cues from the Austin Powers sequel. Expect to see fat bastards. Uh, it's all going to happen. I mean, Jim Carrey playing bastard. multiple roles. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yes. Hey, Pat. Um, since we were talking earlier about like the fan scrutiny of the movie and the designs and all that, you seem to be something of a Sonic fan yourself. Have you played many of the games? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's funny because I like I listened to you know a little bit of your pod and you guys. Well, it seems like some of you have wandered away and come back. I've always been a Sonic fan, but I was never like a Sonic super duper fan. Or I was like at first, you know, like when I had Sonic and Sonic 2 on the Genesis, I was like obsessed. Oh, yeah. But then I, you know, went through most of my adult life, not necessarily playing every Sonic game as it came out or, you know, and reading all these, you know, billions of issues of comic books and stuff. (laughs) So it's like I felt like I was in a good spot where I was like, I'm a Sonic fan. I love Sonic, but I'm not like so in the minutiae that I'm like going to get, you know, uh, just get caught up in the details. Right. Like I I was still I still had enough distance that I felt like I could have an idea of what about Sonic could make it translate to a general audience as well and not Mm -hmm. just get caught up in like only fans. And that's why it would be impossible for any of the four of us to actually ever write a Sonic movie. Right, I'm like I trying to know. get Marine Varaku on into this story somehow. <laughs> yeah. I'm still a player. Yeah, so mate. when is Marine the Raccoon coming in? Is uh, can we confirm Marine the Raccoon for yeah, Sonic Two? In there. <laughs> when is the appearance uh, of the Soul Emeralds? Can we have the whole Gerald Robotnik storyline, please? Uh, all of you ungrateful humans, <laughs> come see me in Sonic yeah. Three. Is he the? That's the yeah, postcard teaser uh, too. Submit a, yeah, submit a line read for that. Yeah, Gerald. who do you guys most want to see in a sequel besides <gasps> um, Tails and Knuckles? Are you taking requests? 
Okay. Or like not even just who, but like what? Yeah, what? What do you really want to see? Like what? What's 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 the thing that you want out of this uh, series? As hopefully it continues past part two. You know what I want to see? I want to see the Angel Island, the floating mm. island. That's what I want to see. That or like um, the Little Planet, the Miracle Planet. I, you know what gets me about Sonic and always did was the spectacle, like the scale of it. Mm-hmm. I loved the kind of Studio Ghibli style uh f- fantasy elements to it you know big floating islands in the sky covered in ancient ruins powered by a magic crystal you know that kind of shit like yeah setting it on the earth i understand you've got certain limitations and that but with the dimensional travel side of things it'd be super cool to see them go to loads of different variations of, of locations like that that's what i'm looking forward to i want to see some more yeah. sonic or robotnik badnik like robot design yeah oh sonic god yeah, yeah. That's, that's just what i was about to say yeah little bug like, like he just goes nuts and he's just like fuck yeah. drones i'm gonna make robot fucking crabs and yeah, shit. Yeah. like yeah yeah bright <laughs> bright colors googly eyes little animal traps inside mm-hmm. all that yeah and, yeah 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 of course ultimately i want to see eventually at some point supersonic and all that like some oh. really super like high speed kind of action sequences that would be really cool my favorite oh, scene big... in the original games is always the Doomsday Zone at the end of Sonic and Knuckles or Sonic 3 and Knuckles. Like yeah. Flying out into space and taking Robotnik down. I had a question kind of on that front as well. Um, and don't worry, it's not about the next one. It's fine. Um, in the original movie, like Sonic's got these kind of lightning powers. He's got this kind of crazy power that manifests when he gets emotional. It's not just when he runs fast, I guess. Um and a lot of by the way that have... was something if i can just interrupt you josh oh, you, that's something i didn't pick up on you've just done it mate so i just did yeah the uh that was something i didn't pick up on on my first two <laughs> watchings of it it was when we watched it together as a group that you were like oh no actually if you pay attention to the the story sonic's electric powers only really manifest when he's getting extremely emotional which i thought was yeah you fucking dingus watch the movie jesus <laughs> i love this fucking movie like yeah you know, it's not funny. there was, there was a scene in the movie where tom like points that out to sonic and that was one of the last oh. cuts before we were done and we had uh. that debate of like do, like are people gonna pick up on this if, if tom doesn't say it and i was like yeah they're all gonna pick up on it they're not dummies like grant the whole reason i interrupted was to just underscore how much josh loves and pay attention paid attention to the movie i love that now i'm getting all this flack for being a substitute for the general audience who's just like yeah i guess sonic has electrical (laughs) powers and they come out uh sometimes and sometimes they don't no it's when he gets worked up about things and that was and yes i saw that there's a deleted scene on the blu-ray or dvd if you like uh which i of course have the steelbook edition which i got for my birthday because i'm the coolest fucking person on the planet um and (laughs) yeah it's yes it's when he kind of gets emotional it manifests this kind of crazy energy uh this lightning power and that and um and i guess like a lot of I've seen a lot of like fan chat about it on the internet. I'm in the kind of outer circle of that and a lot of um, theorizing that it has to do with chaos emeralds in some way is that like, and I was thinking of it like, like with the Asterix series. I don't remember those, those French comic books. Asterix. Oh, and Obelix. Yeah. Yeah. And Obelix. Yeah. You know, those guys. Okay, cool. I didn't know how far that, went across the world um it's huge over here and it's well it's even mm. bigger in france yeah it's, it's uh, somewhat and, obscure here but I, I am familiar with them yeah you know the one okay right so yeah. obelix he they have the okay so the whole village that where asterix lives they have a magic potion that they drink and it gives them powers and obelix drank the magic potion when he was a baby and it gave him powers kind of forever so in my head i was kind of like okay so sonic maybe has encountered a chaos emerald as a child and it's given him 
those kind of obelix chaos emerald powers forever and it was there's a lot of that kind of theorizing about it and so was that ever kind of bandied around i must you did say that like the chaos emeralds kind of um manipulated local wildlife to create these creatures yeah. and stuff but i mean it's it, funny that... like Sega's very sensitive about like putting much definition on chaos emerald type stuff i mean in the okay. first movie there was okay. chaos emerald stuff originally there were no rings in our like early outlines but it was funny when i would talk to friends be like yeah we're working on the sonic movie and everybody was like so you running around collecting rings? That was like everyone's first question. So <laughs> of course, yeah. And yeah. after that happened like ten times, we were like huddled up and like we gotta we gotta get some rings into this movie. Dude. Like, <laughs> if, if there are no rings, people are people are gonna miss it. So then we then we sort of reconceptualized the whole thing and made the rings sort of the MacGuffin okay. instead of the Chaos Emeralds. But yeah, our our Sonic's powers related to the Chaos Emeralds. It's hard to say for sure, but I'll tell you that in my mind, the answer is um, yes, probably. You heard it here first, guys. <laughs> Official scoop. <laughs> Pat Casey, writer of the Sonic the Hedgehog movie. That is exciting. It's that is canon. cool. It is now canon. It's, it's, it's canon. People love canon, don't they? The fandom. They love canon. It has to be canon. I like that you put the rings in there. I'm glad you did yeah, that. Yeah. And even like, I yeah. watched this movie with my mum and dad. Honestly, mate, like I, I, for my birthday, they came around. I was like, you got to see this fucking movie. I've waited for this my whole And they, they know every birthday, Christmas, they buy me little Sonic things, figurines, trinkets. I have a little fucking collection going on up here. And um, yeah, they came around. I was like, you got to watch this fucking movie. And when he gets um, blown up on top of the building and he falls down, he drops his rings and it makes the kind of noise. And they're like, oh, yes. Hey, look look at that yeah. i'm like ah see even before Everything we had like those that. rings as like a plot element i was always like we got to find a place in this movie where he gets hit and a bunch of rings go flying even Got if it's me, for man. no reason yes. we're gonna i mean <laughs> it, we'd concoct a reason why he had a handful of rings or something just so we could do that gag the other thing i really wanted to get into the first movie and didn't was a part where he almost drowns Oh, yeah, because to me, that's always been one of the most memorable parts of the end, like that, the music and just the the experience of looking for that air bubble as time is running out. There you go. Oh, oh okay. God. okay, we got it. Good. We're fine. We got it. We're fine. Because what, found what intrigues bubble. me about it as well is the the interdimensional travel part of it. Like, um, so if the rings came in somewhat later, was there a way of him getting to our planet that was different from that? Because I feel like the giant ring thing tracks. You know, like in the old games, he goes through a big ring to get to the special zone or to yeah, go to the different, very first stage, different yeah. area. Yeah. yeah, like it's in kind of in there. So, I mean, I mean if, it's if funny, rings... like we talked briefly of like, is there like a spaceship? But then we were kind of like, that's stupid. And then but I was like, <laughs> I, I have this prejudice. It's funny. Like I was always like, I hate portals, like any kind of thing. We're like, Oh, it's only when, you know, the portal only opens when you do the blah, blah, blah. And I was like, Oh, this mm. stuff's also <laughs> stupid. But, and then at some, and then we were just like, as we were, it was kind of simultaneously of realizing like, we got to get some rings into this movie. And I was also like, just, and I hate this portal. <gasps> Wait, you know, and, like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought it was the lore itself. on that expands because, like in the games, right? Like there's tons of rings mm. everywhere. You know, it's yeah. there, but then there's sometimes there's big rings. Mm -hmm. uh, so seeing that lore explored is, I guess, you know, you're asking like, well, what do you want to see in uh, in 
as the franchise continues. I, I think, you know, similar to the the Marvel Cinematic Universe, seeing that like lore deepened is definitely like a big part of the appeal and just start, sort of like teasing that there's answers to these mystical MacGuffins, but, you know, there's sort yeah. of not really uh, is definitely part of the fun of it. I thought it was. Uh, yeah, definitely. I've got a big list going of stuff that I want to I mm-hmm. want to insert uh, when exciting. we get to it. But, you know, each movie we get, you know, it's like the story has to work. And ultimately, like, right. I mean, in the, even in the second one, I won't say what it is, but there was more stuff in there that fell by the wayside as we were like, oh, we got to simplify this and like focus on on what is making this movie work. And then some of those other things I, I put on my list of like, well, maybe part three. Yeah, we'll see what yeah, we can do. Sure do that. Avenues to explore. I think the other thing is just seeing like way more of Sonic's world, like that, uh, seeing that opening oh, of yeah, uh, his version of the Green Hills, uh, his version of South Island on, on Sonic's world was so exciting to see. Obviously, it was featured in the trailers a lot as well. Yeah. Um, I thought it was interesting but, uh, that the movie kind of defined Sonic as an alien on Earth, <laughs> which I mean, I guess that that came from Sega. Yeah. Yeah, they were like, yeah, he had to come from another world, but they didn't we didn't have to call him an alien. But then we just did because I was like, what else would Dr. Robotnik call this creature who's not from Earth? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was like that. That was a rule. He, he couldn't he couldn't be like a mutated Earth creature or. Um, but it is funny because they gave us all these rules and we ended up like breaking half of them. So the rules are <laughs> negotiable. <laughs> Second, they're like not Nazis about their rules. You know, it's like mm. it's like you can't do this, can't do that. Like one thing they flagged is just like when Sonic goes to Tom for help. And they're like, Sonic can't ask for help. Oh, what? And, you know, <laughs> all right. And then ultimately we were like, no, but we really need him to. It's like, you know, yeah. it's a movie. Come on, guys. And they were like, oh, all right. You know, so they can be they can be talked into things. That's why yeah. I'm of curious the defining, what the is. <laughs> That's one of the defining emotional moments of the movie for me is that like Tom's kind of bigging up like, oh, you know, I want someone to come to me in a life or death situation and say, I need help. And he says, you know, I I need your help, please. It's life and death. And he gives him that look and you're like, and it's just that little moment where they, their destinies become kind of linked in that thing. And um, yeah, without that, dude, yeah, it would have just been a guy just, yeah, just a Bart Simpson character running around spouting catchphrases. And, and, well, actually, and like for my... Tom too. Yeah. It's like, cause that was kind of the question of like, why is this guy, why is this guy helping Sonic? Like we had yeah, to give him exactly. a good reason to do it and give him that moment. Mm-hmm. Cause why would yeah, you me? be just like, fuck this thing, shoot it and throw it in the garbage. Like <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? give it to crazy Carl. Fuck that guy. You know, you're like, yeah. That's something we were talking about before we started recording too. It's an interesting, it's interesting when you look at the structure of the movie, because it's not Sonic's not, he is a hero, but he's not necessarily in the traditional hero role of saving the world. He's kind of more victimized and he needs yeah. the help of, of Tom who kind of, uh, so they both kind of get that. They've got like a buddy cop sort of thing going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that conscious? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, like, well, I mean, yeah. Cause it was like, that was, that was one thing. I mean, from the studio it was like, yeah, Sonic needs like a human friend. We need like a human lead as well. But like, we were like, this has to be a story about Sonic. Well, we, we didn't want to yeah. do a movie that was about a human and Sonic's just a wacky sidekick. Like that's Good. the version of the movie that everybody would hate. <laughs> and we were determined to not do that. So we I'm thought at not. least we could do it like kind of a two hander and sort of a buddy cop movie. But again, even though Tom is technically a cop, he's like an outlaw for most of the movie. I feel like when people are like, oh, they made a, a cop movie, but they're not doing cop stuff. They're on the run. It's right. They're the mm-hmm. opposite of cops. Robotnik is the cop. Yeah. Uh, yeah I, really say, I, I really appreciated that Sonic was the protagonist of this. Um, because like you see these kinds of movies get made and usually the 
the animal is just the sidekick. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like right. even like I mean, this wasn't even a live action one, but the Tom and Jerry movie in the 1990s. Oh. And, it, you know, you want Tom and Jerry, but then it's all about this little girl and her problems. Yeah, that's that's the funny. new one. Yeah. Tom and Jerry, I haven't even watched the new movie, but this is maybe uncool to say. But you know what? I'm going to say it. We we had, they called us in for that movie and they were sort of like, you know, how do you make a Tom and Jerry movie? And we were like, well... The main thing is Tom and Jerry have to be the main characters. If someone asks what this movie right. is about, the answer has to be it's about a cat and a mouse who are trying to kill each other. Yeah. Like, yeah. We can have some human <laughs> characters and they can have some stuff going on, but they cannot be the protagonist. The pro- no. This movie has two protagonists and their name are Tom and Jerry and they are a cat and a mouse who are trying to kill each other. And that Thank is the movie. You. And they were like, well, get the hell out. You know, like that, <laughs> that's not oh, what they wanted to hear. I- Wow. Yeah, yeah. So I I haven't even seen the new one. So we've done the they've made the same mistake twice with Tom and Jerry. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, you I'm fucking doing it. I'm really glad you guys sort of avoided that pitfall with yeah. the Sonic movie. Yeah. I guess I'm Absolutely. thankful that apparently the executives in charge of this movie were slightly more reasonable than that. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. It feels like when you're watching the movie, if you're not watching Sonic, you're watching Robotnik. Mm-hmm. Uh, trying, yes. and it's yeah. Apart from maybe there's like like a five minute sequence where uh, Tom and Maddie are talking about apartments. Apart from that, the whole fucking movie is just the two main characters. And to go back to what you were saying earlier, that you based it off of the you stripped it completely back and based it off the original games. I think that's a good way to do it. Because you're just creating your own mythology. You're unsullied by all this other fucking craziness that's gone on in 30 years of franchise history. All the different ways of telling this story. To go yeah, back is, to just like... Yeah. I mean, that that's an easy trap to fall into. Like, I don't like to talk talk smack about other people's projects. No, but of like, course, of course. One, one case, you know, it's like the Green Lantern movie with Ryan Reynolds. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And like, I love Green okay? Lantern. Well, yeah. the, the, the problem with the movie is this, is it's like Green Lantern's a pretty basic concept. He's a, a guy who gets a magic ring and he becomes a space cop protecting Earth. He's part of a yeah. space cop thing. Yeah. But cool the movie, idea. like the comics had recently become super popular by introducing the concept of like the different colored lanterns and yeah. all this, you know, the whatever personification of fear and stuff, which was like really <laughs> digging down into the mythos. And in the comics, it was cool and it made it very popular. But in the movie, they tried to include all of that stuff in this first movie that was introducing the audience, like a general audience to it. So it was mm-hmm. like it got bogged down in all this stuff. You know what the Green Lantern yeah. movie should have been about? But a guy who gets a magic ring and becomes a space cop protecting Earth and then yeah. saves Earth from an alien. And that's all you need. But instead, Maybe. they were like setting up all this stuff for part two. They had a whole subplot about Sinestro getting the yellow ring that he never even uses. That's like he gets it. And then the movie's over. I'm like, why? Why was he even in this movie? Why are we doing that? He could have gotten the yellow ring at the beginning of the next one. If that's what yeah. the movie's. About. I feel like that's the whole yep. problem with the yeah. DC movies. They're trying so hard to set up everything like, you know, tripping over yeah. themselves to get ahead of yeah it. yeah rather like, than just create their own world within that one thing and then let it build naturally into something else yeah if, yeah, if you're like really to... thinking about the sequel while you're making the first one you're never going to get the sequel mm-hmm. you know yeah. it's, you can <laughs> leave yourself a little room for something but don't you know don't waste time setting up stuff you might never get to like wait, spend your time making this one as good as as it can be uh, or yeah. otherwise yeah the, the rest of it's going to be totally moot 
Mm-hmm. You can you can feel that in in the Sonic movie. It's it's fortunate that maybe there was some skepticism from the studio that it uh, would only ever be one movie because it's it's I'm I'm glad there's not a ton of things that are like setting up for this franchise that may or may not ever happen. But there's also at the same time with the Tails cameo and the Echidnas in the beginning, there's just Aww. enough there, you know, to yeah. be like, okay, we know yeah. we, we you know there's there's this carrot that's being dangled. We we know that there's more stuff that you want to see here. The crowd reaction at the premiere. And oh. then when I went and saw it like the next day, it was just a regular crowd. But just the crowd reaction to seeing Tails in the mid credit scene just mm. thrilled me. And oh. I was like, that yeah. was so much bigger than I even anticipated. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was very excited to see Sonic and Tails thing together. together. Yeah, it was huge at the at my screening as well. Very excited to see them together. I mean, it's uh, I it's almost i mean it was just very exciting in sonic 2 i guess and what josh was alluding to earlier with like the little brother older brother thing like just that yeah, dynamic yeah, yeah. is so fun and sometimes gets kind of lost in the as the sonic world expands uh so having that be uh i mean what we know of, of two that's just like public knowledge is like that it's going to be sonic and tails and tom and maddie are there and then robotnik or Eggman is now going to have a partner with Knuckles. So you've got this two versus two kind of thing going on theoretically with two. Uh, that's just, uh, that's really exciting, man. <laughs> that's my take. I'm fucking excited, mate. I'm, I'm very excited to see Eggman in this one. Um, because the first oh, movie, yeah. like we said, the first movie, it wasn't about setting up a sequels. It was a self-contained movie. It had a proper, you know, beginning, middle, end, happy ending, you know, villains defeated. But you did get that little teaser at the end, and it was almost like oh. you saw Dr. Robotnik's origin story to becoming the supervillain Dr. Eggman. Yeah. yeah. Like, what would happen to, like, a regular human to turn him into such a fucking nutcase? Like, and it just, yeah, just get a regular guy who thinks he's all that and throw him onto an alien planet by himself for, like, a year or whatever, and he's just completely cracked. Like, I love that idea. Like, And, yeah, when I saw that part in the in the movie, in, in the theater, sorry, in the cinema, we call them cinemas over here. I say a lot of stuff you to don't call them the theaters? Americans. We don't call them theaters, no, no because there's, there's no actors on the stage, mate, is the theaters for real life. It's a cinema. <sighs> They're oh, actors boy, on the screen. God. Interesting. God, on the screen. Oh, for country. God's sake. <laughs> Look, all right, we're not going to get into that tonight. This isn't the cinema podcast. All right. So, so when I went to the cinema or the movie theater, if you're an American, if, and most of you, are, I feel a bit outnumbered tonight. Fair enough. Finally. Uh, is it three to oh, two? Right. All right, then, whatever. <laughs> when I saw that fucking scene at the end with Robotnik, Eggman in that crazy mushroom planet and he and he looks like the character and he's just going nuts and shouting at mushrooms my jaw was just hanging open I was like oh my god that's Dr. Robotnik in the cinema you know I'd seen Sonic throughout the movie but I'd seen the kind of birth of this it is kind of like a Robotnik origin story isn't it it's just crazy I love that yeah can you say, Pat, uh, will that uh, crazy mustache continue in uh, in two, or is it going to go back to the more groomed mustache? No, it's going to be, I, you know, at the yes. risk of spoiling the movie, he's going to have a he's <gasps> going to have a big mustache for sure. Yes. Oh <laughs> yeah, big mustache. Can I also say, that, like, while we're on the topic as well, I thought it was a really cute and natural way of having the nickname for Eggman, where Sonic has nicknames for all the 
people he meets throughout the story and they're usually food based as well you know oh it's donut lord or it's pretzel lady and he meets this guy and he's got these flying eggs and he's like oh hey what's up Eggman?" and I, it just dude i had a fucking smile on my face like when i saw that but it felt natural as well it didn't feel like you were shoehorning things in i suppose and but it's it's a good way of doing the fan service giving people what they want without compromising what you're already trying to just make as a film yeah like we yeah we set up sonic as a guy who gives nicknames which i feel like can justify um naming anyone anything sometimes when you're adapting something that's a little ridiculous you're like why would why would this be called that um yeah right but like we've got a great way to do it it's just sonic calls it that and then everybody else starts calling it that because sonic did boom done yeah and it works it's lovely and i'd love him to i don't know if he will but i want him to come back in the sequel and just be like i am the Eggman," just like just be completely (laughs) i want to see jim carrey at 110 percent cracked just completely nuts just let him go loose i mean he's he's probably going to fucking anyway but i think the biggest question we were asking is like is he going to wear a fat suit that's what we want to see um you know what? I'm not 100% sure of everything that goes into this movie. I know the first one, his post credit scene, Jim actually was pitching what he really wanted to do was basically that scene. But then he wanted to like eat a mushroom and have like an allergic reaction and blow up and oh. super fat right in that scene as the last thing. Oh, that that everybody thought it was funny, but it was like we were like we were out of money and time. Like this is like such oh, a giant shit. gag. We can't do it. We can't do it today, oh, Jim. Damn. So That's good. my fan that's my head cannon though right. as i thought like oh yeah he's just eating mushrooms all the time and he's just just gotten crazy and fat and he's tripping because he's just eating fucking space mushrooms and he's just got really fat because he's allergic oh my god jim carrey and i both have the same head cannon that's wow. <laughs> you're basically the same person i feel like we're kind of i feel like if we got jim on the podcast that we just yeah. we'd get on yeah, you know, easy. Yeah. We'll just call him up. See, I'm on first name terms with him now, Jim. <laughs> I, I have Jimmy. a question for you. I'm, fellas, I'm sorry. I know I've, I've been, I love this fucking movie. I know I've been talking a lot tonight and uh, I'm sorry about no, that. No, it's great. I'm not Don't sorry apologize. about it. I won't. I won't apologize for my love for the Sonic the Hedgehog Wait, movie. I'll tell you what. Hold on. Keep apologizing for all things. Okay. Just, just in general. Well, fuck you, Grant. And I apologize the for cinema thing. That. All right. Fine. Okay, fine. Uh, all right, fine. So look, okay, right. <laughs> Um, no, I forgot what I was going to say now. Shit, we got oh, into the boy. weeds. <laughs> oh, no. I, I've, oh, got no. One. I've got one we'll for you. Go on then, say, Josh oh, thinks no. about it. Um, so the, the fan question about that scene is the Mushroom World. Was it inspired by the Mushroom Hill Zone from Sonic and oh. Knuckles? Or is it a Mario reference? It was, I mean, truthfully, it was both. If the lawyers oh, are really? asking, it was only Mushroom Hill Zone, obviously. Hmm. But <laughs> I also thought it would be funny for Sonic to hate mushrooms. And yeah. it was just, you know, like a little bit of a, a wink and a nod to our, our esteemed right, competitors. Uh, yeah, what, what's the worst um, place no. in the world for Sonic? It's like, oh, it's the Mushroom Kingdom. Yeah, fuck that place. So, I mean, it would, yeah, it was like kind of realizing like <laughs> a... Like, I wanted to stick a little bit of a Mario reference somewhere in the movie. It just seemed appropriate. But then also <laughs> knowing that, um, you know, that that's uh, that's where we first encounter Knuckles in the games with the Mushroom Hill Zone, right? Oh, exactly. Thank you. Mm. I'm glad. I I'm didn't want to get too far ahead of ourselves on any sort of sequel stuff. But, you know, you know, where, where, where we can, we try and try and set yourself up nicely uh, for yeah, things man. to fall together. 
you can plant the seeds. That's all good. Whether you water them or not, that's up to you. Now, I do actually have a question. I've just remembered it. Sorry. Um, is it long claw? Now, here's a deep fucking cut. All right. So, like, <laughs> in the in, uh, bear with me. I'm gonna I'm gonna do like the lamest Sonic. You're about to ask the itchy like, question from The Simpsons. You know I, the fucking question. I already I know you the question. <laughs> you know the question. So, in the kind of maybe western canon i don't know if it was like just the uk thing but i had a book when i was a kid it was called stay sonic and it was the intro to sonic's life it was like his whole backstory as it was told in that time you know and it's based more on the kind of western telling of the story and in that story sonic was found by an owl and was raised by that owl now is that were you aware is that just a fucking coincidence that you just you're like oh yeah sonic gets raised by an owl or we, because that's that's a pretty fucking deep cut, basically. I mean, that's that's my question. Yeah, wait, what, this was a this was a comic. What was it? Okay, so he doesn't know. Oh, there you go. <laughs> okay. Question answered. Like so. the owl was not random, but it was also like that was that was part of Jeff's pitch. Is that oh also, shit? Yeah. Okay, because I think it was also a rule that like yeah, I'm trying to think of what the rules were. Anyway, Jeff was like, yeah, like. Sonic will be being raised by this owl, Longclaw, but mm. he had him as like sort of an old man owl. Josh and I were like, let's right. make it, let's make it a lady. Um, Which but there's nice. also a reasoning behind why it's an owl, but I don't think that's the reasoning. But I don't want to get into what the reasoning is because <gasps> that may be touched upon in the oh, near future. No. Oh my god, it's a secret. Because that's the thing is that like I was watching this movie and I'm like, oh my god. Because yeah, in this in this book I had as a kid, it was it was that Sonic was raised by an owl. Uh, who sort of taught him to like, you know, be a hero and like look out for people and stuff. And that was the kind of the plan there. So I don't know if Jeff was aware of that or not, but if not, man, that's a hell of a fucking coincidence, dude. The, it is the weird too, because there's named... owls that recur uh, throughout like a couple of different uh, uh, yeah. Sonic interpretations. Like in the Japanese OVA, it's old, old Dan Owl. Old Dan Owl, yeah. yeah. Oh man, take care of the place while we're going. Yeah, that fucking yeah. <laughs> So there's like, it's weird that owls kind of keep coming in as like Sonic's caretaker. Uh, yeah, and it's, uh, it's interesting. Is that a thing with owls and hedgehogs that I don't Aren't know about? They have a good relationship. Owls predators of hedgehogs. I would think so. Like they eat they them. couldn't eat a hedgehog. Look, I live in England. We have owls and we have hedgehogs, and owls don't eat hedgehogs because hedgehogs are covered in spikes, dude. You can't get to them. Yeah. I bet an owl could eat like a baby hedgehog. But probably not a full-grown head hedgehog. Uh, so Maybe. only baby. Oh, interesting twist there on Baby Sonic and Longclaw. Just raising Jesus him Christ. for a meal, then had to kick him out to the earth. <laughs> there goes they my dinner. About that. I would be nice to see, and hopefully we will in the sequel, which is coming out in April 2022. Uh, hopefully, it'd be nice to see a little bit of backstory, like who are, who is Longclaw? Yeah, are we gonna the see rings? Baby Where, Sonic yeah, again? Because Sonic says something the... like, oh, this is how advanced civilizations travel between worlds when he throws the rings around. So there are other civilizations, are there other planets, other other races, other creatures. Where does Longclaw come from? Why does she look kind of different to Sonic? What, you know, what's the story there? Pat? Yeah, all very good questions. Uh, <laughs> all very good questions. questions are they? And these are things that like Sonic doesn't necessarily know himself. You know, he was just a little kid when he got stranded yeah. on Earth. So there I mean, right? You, you know, when you're we're coming up with the sequel, you got to kind of think about like what's uh what's this character been thinking about in between movies? What's his new problem? Mm-hmm. And, and I think, uh, I what, think what's that's he been smart. wondering about? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like Sonic knows about the same as the audience does. Yes. Mm-hmm. 
So yeah. you know, you've both got the same level of understanding. Yeah, well, so he can be the audience's point of view as as he uh, perhaps has another fantastical adventure and learns some new stuff. Uh, Again, it's a nice it's nice that you made the actual protagonist, the hero character, the human connection rather than say you mentioned about Hellboy earlier on when you watch Hellboy and they added a fucking human guy to be like, oh, we got this rookie human in to to be the kind of audience view onto the character. You don't need that mm-hmm. shit in Sonic. It's nice. It's just you just yeah, have a guy. You didn't need it in Hellboy either. That's why they got you rid of him for part exactly. two. <laughs> Hellboy two is a much better movie because it doesn't have a human fucking guy just hanging around getting you know getting in the mix. We yeah. just want to see devil people, f- fish men we want to see ladies that are on fire most of the time. We want to see that's what we want to see tooth fairies. That's what we want to see in the movie. <laughs> so, <laughs> and so I'm actually no, but honestly, like, and that's what's nice about the Sonic movie is that like, oh, it's it's like it's like an it's an ET. It's like it's a, a guy comes to Earth and he has to adapt. Or oh, it's a buddy movie. You could kind of like use that kind of reductive language to describe it in that film way. But like, what's nice is that it, it focuses on the character he does those things he runs fast he has rings that he drops sometimes you know he has ambiguous powers which might be involved later and tails turns up at the end dr robotnik's a big fat cunt it's it's all the stuff we're looking for (laughs) (laughs) i'm allowed to say you said i was allowed to say that word i'm sorry man wow it's not as bad in english (laughs) you you're basically telling the americans that we gave you the c word pass you said i was (laughs) the c word is cinema (laughs) thank you uh, what do you think? Should we start wrapping up? Should we get into uh, Last Gasps? Mm. Let's do it. Like. Yeah. All right. Last Gasps is our uh, our chance for one last hot take. One last quick question. One last uh, hot take. Sonic the movie. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Why do you do the breath after right. he drowns? He's already dead at that point. <sighs> How can he breathe? That's uh, Tails drowning, and then Sonic uh, gets the bubble. Josh got his. You got damn it! I had like half episode whiskey tonight. Burping. Yeah. Every time we're we gonna get a burp-free episode someday. Fine. You know what? I'm fine with bodily gas. And here's my last gasp, Pat Casey, writer of the Sonic movie. Hello. Um, who was it? You? Who was responsible for the chili dog fart joke? so every draft we ever did there was at least one chili dog in there at one point there was a real cute scene where actually tom like feeds him his first chili dog and sonic's all all sad about whatever and tom's like uh on this planet chili dog uh whatever he gives something about how it's gonna cure what ails you and sonic's like i'm not I'm an alien. I'm not Ew. stupid. But then when he tastes the chili dog, he loves it. And then he eats the one that Tom's chili dog right out of his hand before Tom can react. That was that was the original chili dog scene. Cute. Uh, but as for the fart joke, that was that was a request from. I feel like I'm tattling. I think Neil Moritz was like, we need a fart joke in here. And then, <laughs> and then, Neil. And then Marsden just made it up. He was like, how about I say this? And everyone laughed. And I was like, oh, I really wish this fart joke wasn't in the movie. But I, there, was, there was nothing I could do. Marsden's so handsome and charming. He just, you know, he charms everyone. He is lovely. He is lovely. Look, man, I would Josh just say that, that like, joke. I think it's like, <laughs> I would say that farts in my household are the pinnacle of comedy. They're always funny. And the fact that he makes a chili dog joke, great. It's Sonic. Fart joke, 
farts are always funny. Yeah. yeah, it's a winner to me. It explains so, all of your I was maybe voices. sensitive about that because I also saw just people on the internet was like, this joke, this movie's going to be only farts. And I was like, oh, let's, <laughs> let's avoid let's avoid being the bad movie that people think it's going to be when possible. Hmm. But I guess the that, fart was was unavoidable. That joke, uh, all you could tell all that because it was a pretty mixed audience in terms of age range and uh, everything else. But all the kids loved that joke in my school. They love it. They love it. They went. They went nuts for it. Josh is a child. Uh, then it was good. I am. I'm a child just in general, mate. Yeah. Um, my last gasp here is that uh, congratulations on uh, being part of the best video game adaptation movie yes. to exist. Wow. Um, that yeah. and Detective Pikachu, I think, are the top tier. But uh, I think Sonic edges out Detective Pikachu for a number of reasons, including a lot of the things that we were talking about today, where uh, you know Pikachu gets a bit overshadowed uh in the movie bearing his name and sonic does not really Mm -hmm. uh tom does not take the movie away from sonic uh even robotnik does not take the movie away from sonic it is it is a movie called sonic the hedgehog it is about sonic the hedgehog it stars sonic the hedgehog it is what ultimately with everything else aside that's that's what you want from a sonic movie you want sonic to be present in it active in it have an emotional arc that you can attach to and it does that really splendidly so yes good job pat thanks grant yeah, I mean, it's like what I said about Tom and Jerry. The The description for the Sonic movie has to be, it's about a super fast blue hedgehog who has an adventure. And if that's not the description, then you've, you've yeah. done it wrong. 100%. Uh, Lee, Nathan, any last guests? And Pat as well, if you have any, uh, any uh, hot takes that you want to share about Sonic, the franchise, the fandom, anything at all. Yeah, so, yeah, um, I, just, I just want to say... Um, like Pat, you were talking about like all oh, these really skeptical Sonic fans, and you know I'm gonna be honest enough to say I was super skeptical. I was like, "Yeah, oh, live action, that's not gonna work, is it? Is it?" Lee. And then the silver trailer, I was you? like, "Oh, I don't like that design at all." And then, you know, then I saw the second trailer, I was like, "Oh, wait, they're onto something here." Then I saw it opening night, and I was charmed by it. I was like charmed from beginning to end. And I just think that's, you know, what's a massive accomplishment for not just me, but for many people to just do a complete 180 on their Mm. perception of what they thought the movie was going to be and then what it actually was. And now we're all super excited about, like, for the sequel and wanting to see the third one. Yeah. Yeah. And your um, expectations went in a loop de loop. Yeah, they did. (laughs) Um, Oh, so one, one. One final last gasp. Um, I hope we get to see some of the girls in the sequels. Like Amy Rose? Yeah. Amy, Amy Blaze. You know, just get some, some, Rouge. Get some of the girls in there. You, mm. Pro Rouge? Fuck yeah, Rouge, man. Give me some of those yeah. bad tees. I'm, I'm, I'm a Rouge booster. So Fuck yeah. I, I, that, that's my mission in life. I don't really, know if she needs I, additional boosting. Oh, she needs that, Pat. We, Pat, we need to hang out more, man. We, you get me, man. Yeah, get more rouge. That's yeah. that's my hot take. The thing about yeah. her, she's a sexy Sh- bat, so it's optimal. kind of ridiculous. But like rouge, like to me, she's like such a movie archetype. I'm like, yeah, she's, mm-hmm. she's Marlena Dietrich. You get it? Like, just yeah, like, let's right. Use, do that. These are like, and she's a spy. That's just cool. Yeah. It's just yeah. when you get a spy character in there, that's fun. Mm-hmm. My last gasp is uh, kind of like mirroring everything that all three of you already said. You know, I was you know, very skeptical of the movie after that first trailer and um, all the kind of crap that I took from some of my other friends since they all know, right, that I'm a big <laughs> Sonic fan. And I was like trying not to be too interested or excited in the movie after that first trailer. I was like, oh, this is going to be crap, right? 
Um, and then after seeing the other trailers coming out and then finally going to see it in theaters and that from, yeah, the very beginning of it with the opening Sega logo, the orchestral theme leading up to that, like that brought tears to my eyes just immediately. Yeah. And it was, yeah, a total fun ride. Um, I enjoyed the entire movie. I've seen it several times since then. Um, great work, Pat. Thank you to you and everybody else involved with the project. But my true last gasp for this is Josh, you have a mute button, okay? <laughs> um, don't wow. subject us to all your bodily function sounds. We don't need I'm to hear sorry. that. Look, he gets really upset about the burping. I do the burp. I do the. It's the. It's the Ren and Stimpy toilet humor. He doesn't like it. Okay. All I'll say is, I grew up in the nineties, mate. Yeah. I do what I feel like. I let the gases <laughs> flow. Yeah. And the people, the our our dear listener, they love it. They're still they're still going. We've got we've got Hollywood luminary Pat Casey on the fucking show, so we haven't hurt our chances, okay? <laughs> so my hot take is, I'm a burp whenever the fuck I like, mate. Oh my yeah? god, Pat! Any uh, any last parting uh, uh, hot takes before we uh, put the wrap up music in? Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, like the Sonic fandom has this reputation for being crazy in various ways. And it definitely made me nervous at various points. And you guys as, as like representatives of like the old school Sonic fandom who I wanted to get with this movie. I mean, it's like the studio, I felt like kind of thought it was for little kids, but I was like, no, it's, it's also for everyone who loves Sonic in the nineties. And it's for like teenagers and you know, like the, the, the younger, cooler people now too. I wanted them to come yeah. see it. And it's a true uh, family movie. Mm. Yeah. I mean, it was, I, I wanted it to be a movie that everybody could watch together. Like the Spielberg movies of the eighties that I loved. Yeah. Um, but I wasn't sure how the fans were really going to react. And I just, I'm so pleased that um, so many Sonic fans of all ages have gotten on board for this movie and were like open-minded and ended up embracing it. And it's, and it's lovely. And it shows that Sonic fans are actually extremely cool, even though other fans make fun of them. Those other fans are jerks. <laughs> Sonic fans are the Fuck coolest. We're all right. Speaking as a Sonic fan for my entire fucking life, whether I like it or not, and sometimes I, I really wish I, I didn't, um, this was the movie that 10-year-old me would have wanted to see. So thank you. Thank Josh Miller, Jeff Fowler, all the folks involved, cast and crew. You did a wonderful fucking job. I had a great time. And of course, Sonic the Hedgehog 2, I've just looked it up on IMDb. Sonic the Hedgehog 2 coming out April 8th, 2022. Mark your fucking calendars, it's going to be a big one. We're, we're quite excited for it, aren't we, fellas? Pat, how would you rate your experience here on a uh, scale from E to S? Uh, give us a, a letter grade before we uh, mm. head on to the next zone. I'm going to go S. This was lovely. Hey, oh, yeah. yeah. We did it. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being here, Pat. Thank you. Uh, And uh, yeah, for the listeners, uh, we're here every week. Subscribe. Give us a good rating. Send us an email and join our Discord. Do whatever you like. Come hang out with us. It's in the it's in the episode description, right? Yeah, Mm -hmm. down there, or up there, up there. It's somewhere. It's somewhere. We can talk about rules. Up and down, down, left, right, whole day. Press start. Exactly. Do the whole thing. We're always there. I mean, my job's really fucking boring, so I'm always on Discord. Come hang out. You can be our yeah. brand new mascot. Fuck Lee, we'll kick him out. What? <laughs> what? Oh, no. <laughs> Sorry. Well, we hope to hang out with you again oh, sometime no. soon, Pat. Definitely, we'll, we'll want to talk to you after uh, seeing the second movie. 
Yes. Yeah, man. I'll come back for a, a, a sequel pod episode. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Sounds good, man. Bye.